This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone, it's my pleasure to be here with you tonight. We are going to be learning Perek Lamed. In the last parak that we learned, in Perek Vav, we spoke about David's tefillah to be healed from his illness. And here in this parak, David is thanking and praising Hashem for curing him from his illness and from really bringing him out of very dire straits. And he brings out the theme here of Hashem turning things around in his life completely, like 180, and making happiness emerge from the greatest lows. And he instructs us to look in our, to our own lives and to notice that this theme in our lives as well, that Hashem picks us up from the, from the lows and brings us up to the highest highs. And he says that because of this, we need to stay connected with this idea and be happy and live joyful lives. Interestingly, um, this parak, with its joyful theme running throughout, was composed by David to be sung at the inauguration of the three Bate Mikdash, the two that we had and the one that we're going to Mir Tashem have in the future. So that's why it starts out, this parak starts out saying, Mizmar Shir Chanukas Habayis. It's meant to be sang at the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash. So what's the connection here with this joyful theme and with the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash? So the important message that we could take from this is that just like in the Beis HaMikdash, every karban had a song with music, uh, a chapter of Tehillim was was sung at every karban that was being brought to accompany it. And just like we had to be happy in the Beis HaMikdash in order to connect with the Shekhinah, also in our everyday lives, in our own bodies, in our, you know, now we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, but we, our bodies, the Malbim says, is compared to the Beis HaMikdash because our bodies are housing our souls. And so in order to really connect with this Kedusha within us, to connect with our Neshama, we need to be in a happy, grateful, upbeat state. And the Gemara tells us, Ein ha-shechina shruya ela mitoch simcha. The Shechina won't rest on us unless we're in this happy, upbeat state of mind. So tonight we're going to be looking at how we could soothe ourselves through difficult emotions to really help us transition into better feeling states so that we could connect to Hashem and connect to our Kedusha on higher and higher levels. Okay, so Parak Lamed, Pasuk Aleph. Mizmar Shir Chanukas Habayis Ladavid. A psalm of David, a song for the dedication of the house. Okay, so like we said, David composed this parak to be said at the inauguration of the two Bate Mikdash, and also will Amir Tashem be saying it, singing this at the future, in the future inauguration of our future Beis HaMikdash. Pasuk Beis. Aromimcha Hashem ki dilisani velosi machta ayvayli. I extol you, Hashem, for you have lifted me up, you have drawn me up, and not let my enemies rejoice over me. Okay, so velosi machta ayvayli. If you remember in, Par- in Parak Vav, we were saying that David's enemies were so excited to see him that he was, they thought he was for sure going to die. And they were so excited they were rejoicing. So he's saying here, thank you, Hashem, that my enemies who were, who were so happy when I was dying, now they're not able to be happy. It's the opposite. They're, they're mortified and embarrassed because not only did you cure me and save me, but you actually gave me a part in the building of the Beis HaMikdash. So that was like the ultimate way of you showing me that you forgive me and that you're restoring me back to my original glory. 
Um, and the David's part in the Beis HaMikdash, of course, he didn't build the Beis HaMikdash. His son Shlomo built the Beis HaMikdash, but he was... You know, the really, he drew up the plans and he purchased the property and he really started the whole thing. Um, he started the whole project. Okay, Dili Sunny, the word Dili Sunny, you drew me up. So this is actually a very um, interesting way of saying it. The word Dili Sunny is from the word Dala. Dala is used when talking about drawing water up from a deep well. And this word is, has never really been used in Tanakh to describe when Hashem uplifts a person, it's talking about lifting water up from a well, drawing. It, it means more like drawing water up from the well. So why is it being used here? And it's being used here because really it describes so well how David is feeling in this parak. And he's, he's saying, Hashem, I was so low down under the earth. I was in the Sha'ol. I was, I was in a grave. I was, I was under the ground already. I was almost dead and you drew me up from this and and you saved me the ben ishchai says that not only does you know does he talk about does does david have hashem drawing him up here but in the name david we could see that he drew himself up from low places that was his essence a name shows the essence of a person and if we look at the name david there's a dalit in the beginning and a dalit at the end the dalit in the beginning stands for dal Dal means like very poor, impoverished. And the Dalit at the end, he says, stands for Dala. Like we're saying, that drawing up. So, and the, and the, there's a Vav in between. And what is what does this mean? That he says that David took himself from, you know, he took his, his impoverishedness. He took himself from these low places. And not, not despite that, he drew himself up, Dala. But, and because of that, he, he, he drew from those impoverished places to bring himself up to higher and higher levels in his spiritual growth and connection. Pasuk Gimel. Hashem Elokai Shivati Elacha V'terpa'eni. Oh Hashem, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. So the word Shivati here, the Malbim, explains the difference between the word shivati, I cried out to you, and sa'akti, which also can mean I cried out to you. So what's the difference? He's saying shivati, when you scramble up the letters, you could see the word yeshua in it. So he says that when the word shivati is used, it's trying to indicate that the person who's calling out is use, is articulating exactly what they need. They need a Yeshua, they're, and they're explaining it, and they're saying it in their tefillah, just like David HaMelech, who so eloquently writes these prakam of Tehillim as his tefillos Hashem, um, as opposed to Tza'akdi, which is just an, it's like a, uh, a cry for help without an intelligible message. It's just when someone's in so much pain and they're just crying out, but there's no words behind it. Pasuk Dalit, Hashem ha'elisa men sha'al nafshi chisani miyardivar. Hashem, you brought me up from sha'al, preserved me from going down into the pit. Okay, so here he's saying, right, right, like we said about the well, Hashem lifted him up and saved him. And when I think about this, when I think about this Pasuk, I think about the Holocaust and how that was just such a major example of how Hashem is consistently raising us up from the lowest of places. And I think about how miraculous it is, how we 
have emerged as a nation from that incredible level of unimaginable suffering. And we, we came from that to be free. And we're free to openly practice our religion. We're, we're thriving. We're contributing to society. And we're building beautiful from communities throughout the world. And so when I think about Hashem HaAlisa Mincha'al Nafshi, this is what comes to mind. Pasuk Hei. Zamru Hashem Chasidav V'hodu L'zecher Kacho. Oh, you faithful of Hashem, the people who are faithful, who believe in Hashem, sing to Him and praise His holy name. Okay? So for this, for the fact that Hashem consistently comes in and saves us from the lowest places, we have to sing to and praise Hashem for this miracle. And we should focus on the areas of our own lives that we were rescued in some way and that we, you know, we were lifted up from a difficult time. And we should access those feelings to give us this this gratitude and excitement that we want to have in serving Hashem. Pasuk Vav. Ki rega ba'apol chayim b'rtsono be'erev yalin bechi v'labokerina. For he is angry but a moment. Life is his desire. One may lie down weeping at nightfall, but at dawn there are shouts of joy. Okay, so let's look at ki rega ba'apol chayim b'rtsono. So the way of Hashem is rega ba'apo. He gets angry for very short. He doesn't stay mad. And even during those brief flashes of anger, chayim bertsono, his, atten- his intention is not like an angry, an angry dad who's getting, you know, out of control and mad at his kids and not even thinking. No, his intention during his rega ba'apo, during that moment of anger, is chayim bertsono. That, that his intention is to make the sinner worthy of chayim, worthy of eternal life. Be'erev yalen bechi v'labokarina. In the dark times we cry, um, but at dawn there are shouts of joy. We sing with joy. So a very nice thing that I saw here is that it's, it doesn't say Arena, that in the morning we'll, we're going to be happy. I'm, I'm sad at night and in the morning I'm happy. It doesn't say it like two separate times. It actually says Arena, and to the morning I'm happy and I'm singing with joy. What does that mean? It's trying to say here that even in the Erev, when things are going rough, because I know that Hashem is Chayim Bertsono, that He's doing all this to me because He loves me and because His intention is to give me life in the next world and to take care of me and to do the best for me. Therefore, even in the Erev, La Boker, I am looking to the morning. I could already be Rina. I could already be happy even in the Erev because I'm looking to the morning. From the Erev, I'm looking to the morning. It's not that I'm in the dark times, in the difficulties, and I'm sad, and then I'm in the happy times and I'm happy. No, even in the dark times, I could be happy because I'm looking la boker. I'm seeing the morning. I'm looking to the morning already. Because why? Because my, there's a place in me, deep down, my neshama knows that Hashem is Chaim Bertsono, even in the difficulty. Have you ever gone through a crisis or a difficult time, and even while other people around you might have been, like, you know, sad for you or feeling bad for you, but you somehow knew deep down that this 
difficulty is going to end up being the best thing that could ever happen to you. Like, you knew this situation that's happening to me is so awful that I know, I just know it has to be for a good reason. It's going to end up being the best thing. And this is, again, because our neshama has this deep knowing that Hashem is chayim bertsono and that he's rega ba'apo, that he's, he's only going to be angry for this one minute, but it's going to really take me to the places that I need to get to. Interestingly, there's a very real manifestation of this idea in our lives. This idea of being sad at night and being happy in the morning. Just to give you an example, my four-year-old was a while back. He was, I remember, I'll never forget this. It was a very cute story. He got upset at me for some silly reason. I don't know, he was tired and cranky and he got upset at me. And he, and he was just really like overreacting and he was saying, mommy, I hate you. You know, when the, when the kids say that, mommy, I hate you. And he said it a few times and, and I, and I went to lie down with him, obviously totally ignored what he said because I knew he didn't hate me and he was just overreacting. And I went to lie down with him and as he was yawning and dozing off and feeling better, I said, you know, I said, parrots, you said you hate me? Like, really? You hate me? And, you know, he's yawning and he's, tired and he's he looks up at me and he says I love you in the morning and I thought that was so insightful like even a four-year-old was able to realize that yeah it's about Arab yelling Becky I'm tired it's night I had a long day for the book arena but when I wake up in the morning I'm gonna love you then I, I know I'll get my love back for you I know that when the sun shines through the window I'm gonna have a renewed koach for the new day so just to bring this into our life as a tip, and I'm going to discuss it also later at the end of the parak, when it's a nice, it's a nice thing to keep in mind. It's a nice pasuk to keep in mind because when you're having a really hard day, you could just tell yourself, remember, you know, get, connect back to this idea that tomorrow is always better. You could say that to yourself. Tomorrow is always better. Because it's really true. Even if you're still going through the same difficulty tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning, Hashem gives you a renewed koach for the new day. And it's gonna, you're going to be able to handle it with, you know, and see it through a better lens. Okay, I'm going to skip now to Pasuk Tess. I call to you, Hashem, to, to Hashem I made an appeal. So David is referring to the fact that he didn't trust in any doctor. He knew he was in such a dire situation that he could only turn to Hashem. What is to be gained from my death, from my descent into the pit? Can dust praise you? Can it declare your faithfulness? Okay, so here we're echoing what we said in Pasuk Vav when we said, when David said, Ki and he was davening to Hashem to save him and he said, Hashem, once I'm in the grave, like, you know, how is, how is, how am I going to be able to praise you? So it's the same idea over here. I'm going to Pasuk Yudbez. You turned my lament into dancing. So actually, um, somebody recently told me that um, her it was her son's bar mitzvah, and you know it was it was tough. It was it was happening during this time in in, in the middle of this pandemic, and it was the the family felt sad, and the bar mitzvah boy was sad because they saw that as the bar mitzvah was coming closer, they realized it's not going to be much of a bar mitzvah. It's going to be more like a, a drive by. 
and it was a, a difficult time for them. But then at the bar mitzvah, they, you know, they put so much effort into making this a nice occasion for this bar mitzvah boy. And at the bar mitzvah, somebody got up and spoke and he said this exact pasuk. He said, Afachta Hashem, you turned my sadness, you turned our, our sadness and not being able to celebrate this okay, this special occasion with our family and friends, you turned it into the most meaningful simcha. And they, it actually was. They said that in the end, it ended up, and we could see also with, you know, all the simchas that we're reading about, um, you know, that people made during this time, very often it, it ends up being, it ended up being the most unique and meaningful simcha, much, much more than it would have originally been. So this is the Pasuk that was said there, and this is the Pasuk that we could use to lift ourselves up when we, you know, just when we think something can't end up going well. It can't end up being the way I want it to be, but in the end it will be, it will end up being even better. Pasuk Yud Gimel, Okay, so that my soul might sing to you and not be stilled and not be silent. So the, the Yidom here is a reference, a remez, it's like a hint to Aaron, because when Aaron's sons died, it says, Vayidom Aaron, Aaron reacted on a very high level, and he was quiet, Vayidom, he had the Mida of Shtika, he didn't complain, and it was a, it, it explains there how he, it was a very high level of reacting to such a tragedy, to such a personal tragedy. But here, David is speaking of even a higher level of reacting to suffering. It says, Laman Yezamercha. He actually sing, sang and played music and welcomed the suffering because he knew that it was serving to take his spirit higher and higher. And that was really the essence of David Amelech, like we said, with the, the Dalit of, he came, he went from being a Dal and he used that to Dala to draw himself up from the deep place to go higher and higher. So David tells us in this parak, just to sum it up, that we should rejoice in the knowledge that Hashem's anger is temporary. And even when he does punish us, it's for our greatest good. And that they'll, they'll always, and he says there'll always be a boker that comes after this, the pain. And this hopeful message is meant to be kept in mind. And that's why it's meant to be kept in mind every day. And that's why we say this pasuk is, this parak is said every day in Psuke de Zimra. To help us keep us, to help keep us upbeat. We're meant to keep reminding these messages to ourselves. To keep our bodies, our mikdash ma'at, happy and upbeat so that we could be in close connection with the kedusha of our neshamos within. So how can we help ourselves, um, to really get to this place and pull through tough emotions and live Overall, in a, in a happy, upbeat state, we all have those, you know, times here or there. Everyone has it. Even those of us who seem to have easier situations in life, everybody has those times. Whether it's because of a life circumstance that's getting them down, or it's just because people get into moods. That's how we are. We're moody people. People are, you know, we don't, we don't always feel the same way. So we all know what it's like to feel a dark cloud over our heads. And I want to teach three self-help tools to help us transcend and really like honor those feelings and be able to move past them. Like, like, like let those feelings pass through us like a wave so that we can move on to higher places of, of feeling, to, to better feeling states. Okay. So the first idea I want to give 
is the idea that's expressed in this parak of the Laboker Rina. What is that idea telling us, right? We said it doesn't say Baboker. It doesn't say I'm going to be happy when things are good in the morning. It says even in the Erev, I'm going to be looking to the morning already. So this gives us a nice idea. David here is teaching us. How could you get yourself, you know, up out of your depression um, when you tell yourself tomorrow is always better? When you remind yourself that whatever's going on now, um, it's leading me to the morning. And you could really, you know, when you sell your, when you tell yourself tomorrow is always better, you could really contemplate, like, what might tomorrow look like? <clears throat> what are the possibilities of tomorrow? What are the awesome things that could happen? Like we spoke about um, in the in past prakim, I gave you a, a process. What are the possibilities? Anything could happen, right? And you want to really, like, just just meditate on this idea of, what are the awesome possibilities of tomorrow? And how will I feel when those possibilities are manifested in my life? So be in the boker. Look to the boker in the Erev. That is the first idea that I wanted to say. The second thing is the idea of contribution. When we contribute to the world, it gets us into a much better state. So like if you're feeling down, Ask yourself, what am I needing right now? And try to offer that to somebody else. Right? Like, we're, we're not really in control of... Sometimes we're not getting things that we want, and we, there's nothing we can do about it. But we could actually be in control of extending ourselves and giving exactly what we're needing to others. So, like, for example... If you're feeling lonely and you want to be thought of, you want to you want to feel like somebody cares about you, somebody's thinking about you, somebody's inviting you. Ask yourself, who needs this from me? And pick up the phone and call them and invite them and check on them. Did you ever call someone to invite them because you were feeling lonely and they said, "No, you come to me instead." Right? Whatever we put out there in the world, we give back. It's like a boomerang. So, the same goes for like a shirach or a job, right? You're feeling needy of that. Try thinking about somebody else. Try thinking how you could create that for somebody else in their life. A personal example of this is when I was, it was back in my college days and I was dating and I had gone out on yet another awful date. And the next day, um, I remember I was walking on Avenue J in Brooklyn and I was just feeling like kind of low. I was just feeling like down and out. And I see a sign somewhere that says, you know, drawing blood, Turo College, they're having a blood drive. So I find myself, and I had, I don't think I had ever like voluntarily thought to draw, to, to give blood before, but I find, I found myself drawn, okay, pun intended, drawn to Turo College to donate blood. And when I left, I surprisingly felt so much better. So it was kind of like my, without even knowing this as being a real skill, and it is a skill of how to get ourselves out of a, a down place, I just naturally gravitated to wanting to contribute to others, um, you know, to make meaning from my pain. And I'm not sure if it was the contribution of the blood or maybe the free donuts at the end, but either way, I walked out and I was much, I was feeling much better. And that just, it really taught me, you know, when you're feeling down, reach out of yourself and make meaning from that pain and give to others. And the third idea that I want to teach you tonight is a mindfulness exercise. 
this mindfulness exercise is going to have five steps and it's going to really give you a very clear step-by-step way of honoring your feelings, validating your feelings, and letting them give having and then having an easier time letting them wash over you because what happens is when we don't honor them and we don't allow them and we don't validate them that's when they say and we judge them and we say why am i feeling this way and this is not good and i want to get out of this right when we do that the feelings stay stuck because what you resist persists and they it's they're not allowed to leave you then because you're like putting up a wall to resist them but when we let the, when we're mindful of our feelings and we give them the honor and the respect that they deserve, then they're able to kind of like travel, you know, through us and we can move on. So here is the mindfulness exercise. Step one, you want to find a comfortable place to sit or lie and close your eyes and breathe deeply, releasing any tension in your body and really get into like a relaxed state. Take a bunch of deep breaths, deep, deep breaths all the way down into your hips and release all the tension and start to become aware of where in your body you're feeling the painful emotions, similar to what we said in the meditation, right? Our emotions are are there in our body. We could feel them physically. So where is the painful emotion? Do you feel like a lump in your throat or a tightness in your chest? Maybe your shoulders are feeling stiff. Is there some something going on in your stomach? Where do you feel, you know, those feelings? And then step two is to imagine that there's a wise and mature part of you that's really able to see life from a higher, broader perspective that is stepping back, stepping away from your body and becoming a witness, becoming an observer to you as you experience these emotions. And just let that part of you, that witness, just observe yourself with the having the thoughts and the feelings that you're experiencing. Step three, as you continue to be this wise witness, you know, watching you, yourself experience these emotions, you turn to the part of your body that's experiencing the, neg- the negative emotions and you just extend tremendous love and support and compassion to that part of you and really feel... Feel these warm, loving feelings flowing from you to the painful emotions and surrounding those painful emotions with these all these supportive energies, however you want to envision that. And the fourth step is ask very lovingly, turn to this part of your body and ask, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? What's what are you feeling? And listen for the answer. And then mirror back to it. I see you are feeling blank. So for example, you want to make sure to try that you should try that to identify a very, um, a very specific feeling, not just like a general, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling angry. Try to get as specific as possible. I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling abandoned, fearful. What are you feeling? Express it very, very specifically because that's going to give you the most validation. That's really going to honor your feeling in the best way. And so ask yourself, right? What are you feeling? Listen, 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 listen to your body. What is it feeling? And then mirror back to it. I see you are feeling hopeless. I see you are feeling afraid. Um, Mirror back to it what it's feeling. And then the fifth step is to allow yourself to feel that feeling to the fullest, 
Breathe in more of that feeling straight into the center of your heart. Like really embrace the feeling. Bring it in even more. Like we said, we don't want to resist the feeling because then it's going to persist. So breathe it in even more into the center of your heart, fully welcoming it. And when you're breathing out, breathe out a tefillah and a blessing for yourself and for everyone else in the world that's experiencing the same emotion at this very moment. That they should have, that you should have relief, that they should have relief and feel better. Okay, so just to review, we have our three ideas tonight that we gave. I said that this concept of Villa Boca Arena, while we're in the difficult hour, we could look to the morning already and we could say, tomorrow's always better and contemplate what would, what does tomorrow look like? What could it look like? What are the great things that could happen and how am I going to feel? What are the feelings I'm going to have when those things are manifested? The second thing we said was to contribute. The more you contribute, the better you feel. And the third idea we gave was this mindfulness exercise, this practice of these five steps that are designed to really help the feeling wash over you. And if you forgot any of the steps, you could always go to my recordings on my website, yalbertram.com, and listen to it over again, take notes on it. It's a very powerful exercise. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a great night.